I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Coffee with Coaches presented by a Quick Timeout Podcast. Before we get started, thanks to our sponsors at Dr. Dish Basketball. Their shooting machines have revolutionized the way players practice shooting. And right now, if you mention Quick Timeout, you'll receive $300 off on your Dr. Dish Rebel, All-Star, and CT models. So check out more about Dr. Dish at drdishbasketball.com. Back with us again uh, this week, my co-host, Andrew Wingreen, and then we are joined today by Mike Sotsky, assistant coach to Tommy Amaker at Harvard University. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. You do a, a great job, so honored to be on. I appreciate that. So I'd, I'd like for you to give maybe a rundown of where you've been and what you've done, because I think it'll give some context for some of the things that we're going to talk about the rest of the show. So you can share anything connected to that and maybe other experiences that have helped you or, or brought you along to where you're at. And then we'll get going with some of the things that we have designed for today's show. Sure. Well, uh, I've been very lucky uh, to be at two great places and with great people, uh, which, as you know, this profession is all about relationships. Um, and so I've had amazing relationships. I was a manager at Duke from 2011 to 2015, uh, stayed for one year on their coaching staff afterwards as a staff assistant. So kind of a catch all everything from, you know, go and get this coach's oil changed to film to whatever was needed. And then I've been now at Harvard for four years, uh, have loved the experience and, uh, yeah, really proud uh, of, of the two places I've had the opportunity to represent. To this point, those who follow the podcast know that we've had various guests on to talk about player development, and that's a really broad topic. We've kind of steered more towards the skill development side of it, like with the basketball. But again, those that have followed this particular sub-series here with Coffee with Coaches, we've tried to kind of move away from the X's and O's and talk about things like leadership and culture and some of the things that happen maybe on the periphery or behind the scenes for most, most programs. And I think probably we would all agree that kind of the behind the scenes is kind of what sets the foundation for what the fans see on the floor or what the finished product is on the floor. And so that's kind of where we're kind of gearing towards today is that subset of player development. I call it person development. I know, you know, semantics, other people may call it other things, but it's really kind of focusing on the the person, the, the player themselves, you know, every coach would say, I'm guessing that they're interested in helping their players beyond basketball. Right. And so like for you, coach, what, what does that look like as far as person development, player development, really getting to the person and maybe just some general ways before we start digging deeper into what you guys do there at Harvard, but maybe some general ways in which you address that with your players. Well, first of all, I think you nailed that distinction. A lot of times people use player development and skill development interchangeably, uh, which I think is a mistake. I think that player development is a much broader uh, subject uh, and encompasses a lot more. It encompasses, as you said, personal development, leadership development, uh, academic development, at least as far as prioritization and things like that. So that, that's we're really big on that here. And I think that that's really important. And I would also say for coaches, you know, we really believe that those off-court things make for better players. And I'll dive into some of the specific things that we do here at Harvard. But I like to think of that. And it's a great book, uh, one of my favorite books by Danny Meyer called Setting the Table. And I, I like to think of it as setting the table. In other words, in order to be a good basketball player, you have to have good nutrition habits. Mm -hmm. You have to have good sleep habits. 
Uh, we talk all the time about, you know, when things are going well on the academic side of campus, you're more free uh, to, to be a basketball player where you can be in that space. You know, we always talk about be where your feet are. If you've heard that phrase before, it's a lot easier to do that when you're not stressed out because you're cramming the night before for an exam. So you're probably speaking more about uh, specific programming, which I'm happy to dive into. But uh, just as a general thought, to me, those are all player development things, um, mental health, uh, leadership development, character development. That's all about caring for your guys, because ultimately, as you said, what we really want to do, we want to make them better basketball players, but want them to leave here better people and young men. But as you talk about, you know, the leadership, the mental aspect, what does that look like on a day to day basis? Do you guys have book studies? Do you guys go in classroom sessions? But kind of just maybe give us a little inside scoop of what those sessions might look like. Well, that, that's really one of the things I'm most proud of with our program is I can honestly say it's kind of evolved the above. So, you know, we give our guys material all the time and it can be articles that we put, you know, they have notebooks and we'll give them articles for their notebooks. We oftentimes discuss those things as a team. We, you know, for example, uh, and it's not even an article, you know, so we've done things like after practice, okay, everyone, you got five minutes to shoot around and then be up in the film room. When they get up in the film room, they're expecting to see uh, some offensive clips from yesterday's practice. And instead we show them a 60 minute segment and it's on something that we think is important and something that we think will make them better people or leaders, you know, in, for whatever they go on to do next. A, a lot of different ways, uh, certainly talking about it, uh, certainly uh, trying to educate using articles, video, uh, and having those one-on-one -on -one conversations. You know, obviously there's a lot going on in our country right now. Uh, there's a pandemic. Uh, there's obviously the social justice movement and and we're all hopeful that we emerge on the back end of these things with, you know, uh, greater equality, greater fairness uh, and, and health uh, for all parties involved. That, that's the hope, certainly. We've talked about those things uh, with our team uh, in these. We're doing weekly Zooms with guys. Uh, and then also for us as coaches, we're, we're really just trying to be there for guys. We're not trying to be overbearing to where we're checking in every 30 seconds because everyone's going to process what we have going on right now differently. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're able to have that type of uh, structure because we've already talked about so many of these issues as a team. You know, we do a ton on campus in terms of educating, you know, our motto at Harvard is education through athletics. Uh, and we believe in that, you know, and so we've done events as a team at the, you know, the Kennedy Tools Institute of Politics, where we bring in Dr. Harry Edwards, who's a renowned sociologist and civil rights activist, uh, who actually organized the raising of the fists at the Olympics. And so, you know, our players are exposed to that. That's an incredible educational opportunity. Uh, we've had Cornell West speak to our team. Uh, we attend the Du Bois medal ceremony every year, which is awards given out to individuals that have contributed to African and African American culture and society. You know, so we've done a lot as a program, uh, specifically surrounding, you know, a lot of the issues that we're facing right now. And because of that, I think our guys feel very comfortable uh, having that type of dialogue. Uh, and, and really, one of the things I'm most proud of, and I know I speak for the rest of our staff, they've become leaders, you know, in their own communities. Seth, as an example, uh, was detained at a rally in Columbus, Ohio, early, you know, in this kind of protest movement uh, phase. And, and he's done some really incredible stuff. That's work that's near and dear to his heart and things that he believes in and that he's believed in for a long time. So that's been really a great source of pride for us because, you know, some of the relationships he's formed while at Harvard and some of the things we've been able to expose him to 
has has given him a little bit more courage, knowledge, whatever you want to call it, uh, to step forward in his community and, and do what he's done, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. It's kind of curious, you know, it's really cool to kind of hear the like the action steps you guys take. You know, obviously you're, you're educating and you guys are going through the process of developing leaders, but just the action steps that you guys do after that. And I'm kind of curious, just, you know, the comparison as you were at Duke, what you saw there and, you know, does Coach Amaker and do you guys do a lot of the same things as far as the way you go about it? Or is there a difference in how you guys educate and then take those action steps? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, uh, I think that, I mean, so many of the values are the same in terms of what we're trying to teach, uh, how we go about teaching it. You know, at Harvard, I think that we, you know, there's slightly different platforms uh, and there's just slightly different, you know, opportunities at both schools. Uh, we do a little bit more here in terms of bringing in outside speakers, so to speak, whether that's literally from outside the university or even within the university, but not part of our basketball program. At Duke, we had, you know, Coach K has been there now for, I think 40 years. I'm pretty sure he crossed that mm-hmm. threshold, you know, and so he's got former players that are off doing great things uh, in, in a lot of areas. And Coach Amaker does too. But, you know, at Duke, you have just more time worth of guys uh, that you can bring back for that. So slightly different maybe in terms of the method, but I think the message is the same or very similar at both schools in terms of leadership development, character development, uh, wanting for guys to feel empowered to use their voice and, and to, you know, one of our goals here, and, and I love this, is, you know, we tell our team to do well and do good. And I, I would try to remind myself of that often, which is to say, you know, we want them to do well. We want them to, ex, you know, excel in the classroom uh, and we want to win on the court. Uh, we want them to, you know, hopefully for the guys that, that want this to go play in the NBA or to play professionally, like we want that, but also to do good, to give back, you know, to do good in your community. Uh, is really important because we're we're all very lucky. Anyone that has the opportunity to be at Harvard is very very lucky. Like, and we should never lose sight of that. And so we talk about having an attitude of gratitude all the time uh, in relation to that. And one of the ways you can express that gratitude is by giving back. You mentioned the kind of kid that you have there. Even gave some examples and unique young men, right? And you even mentioned the name Harvard, and immediately people think about a certain type of kid. Or you mentioned the the school itself, and people think a certain type of thing. How does that trickle into the basketball program? And then how does that maybe even impact the way that you operate on a day to day basis? When you say Harvard, it, it does on some level speak for itself, and that's nothing that that we've done. <laughs> As coaches, uh, it's the nation's oldest school. It's the nation's wealthiest school, and in in many ways, it's the most powerful school. Uh, and you know, this institution uh, for the people that have that degree or that work here, whatever it is, you know, it can be a tailwind for whatever it is that you want to get into for the rest of your life. And so, I'm sure you've heard this phrase, but you know, for our kids who are making the decision to come here, it's not the four year decision; it's the forty year decision. Uh, and so, you know, I do think that we get. Uh, really thoughtful uh, young men in that regard. You know, for us in terms of recruiting, we recruit kind of three things. Uh, and this is, you know, very similar to the Duke model, uh, which is classroom, court, and character. You know, you have to kind of check those three boxes. Classroom, obviously, you got to be able to get in. Uh, it's, a, I think, a 4.5% admission percentage. Uh, so, you know, very exclusive and hard to get in. So we have to recruit kids who are able to get in and then also able to do the work. Uh, and in our program, who want to do the work, who are intellectually curious. You know, they're not 
skipping class. Like we're not interested in, in that, you know, we're not here to, to do that. This is a place that wants to, like I said, empower you and make you the best version of yourself, whatever you want to be. Uh, court, you know, you got to fit our style of play. You got to be a competitor. You got to be, you know, kind of the things that we want positionally, skill, all that. And then character, you know, the, the first quote you read when you walk into our locker room is good teams have good players, great teams have great teammates. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's big for us. So I do think we get a, a certain kind of kid. And I think it's a combination of two things. One, the institution that we're fortunate enough to represent. And then two, you know, I do think we are pretty defined uh, in what we think is the right fit for our program. Uh, we try to bring in the right kinds of kids because at the end of the day, that that's the most important thing in your program is who you have. I always like to think culture and people have kind of a, a symbiotic relationship. The better the people you bring in, the better your culture, the better your culture, the better people you're going to be able to attract. And so we're very conscious of that in terms of our recruiting uh, of who we bring in here. and not only as players, but also staff. And so uh, that's why, again, I, I mean, very seriously, I'm honored to, to be on the staff here and coach. And this is all uh, uh, credit to coach Amaker. I mean, he's, you know, built this Harvard has never won an Ivy league championship and we've won now, you know, seven of the last 10. And that started with his vision, you know, standards that he set goals. So yeah, just, just proud to represent this place. And you just mentioned Coach Amaker and obviously Coach K and their leadership and drawing upon that and you learning from that. And in the context of today's social issues, I do want to give like some practical things and you've touched on these already. So don't feel bad about repeating some of them, but I want coaches to leave this with several things maybe that they can do with their team that you've already done. That idea of being proactive rather than reactive. And I think most would say that they want to do that, but you've been around a man who was ready to say something because he was already doing something. And so I want coaches to already be doing something that way. The first time that they're not responding to it is in the locker room when they're having to deal with an issue that's already happened. Well, it's a great point. And and I would say this, you know, I would hope uh, that most coaches have established an environment where guys are comfortable expressing themselves within their team already. You know, I think that that is incumbent on our role as teachers and educators, which, you know, we say we're a coach, we're we're teachers, you know, we teach basketball and, you know, we use the vehicle of basketball to teach life lessons, or at least I think that when it's done at the highest level, that that is how it's done. So I would hope that coaches have already established that type of environment. To be quite honest, if you haven't, I think it it is difficult right now. Uh, In saying that, you know, I I would keep the focus on, on a few things. You know, the first is to look, listen, and learn is kind of how I've tried to think about it, which is, there's a lot going on around our country right now. You know, look, don't look away. In other words, it can be overwhelming or it's not my problem, whatever those things are. I think it's really important to acknowledge that, that we do have systemic inequality in this country, that we do have uh, issues surrounding race that are uh, with deep historical precedent. And certainly I'm not an expert on these things, but, but I'm trying to, to listen and learn. So it takes me to kind of my next two things, you know. Uh, For me, I'm fortunate some of my closest friends are African-American. And so I've been able to have, you know, those conversations. But in those conversations, I'm doing a lot less talking and a lot more listening. I've thought of it like this. Like, if you want to know what it's like uh, to be black in America, then listen to somebody who's black in America or read their book. So so listening and and then learning just in general. You know, not everybody maybe has a, a friend that they feel comfortable having that kind of dialogue with or, you know, or maybe your team isn't there yet, you know, based on their age group or whatever that might be. 
but to try to learn. So maybe that means watching 13th, which is a terrific, you know, documentary. It's on Netflix. Uh, you know, Amazon has one, you know, movies that are free, Selma, Just Mercy, you know, so there's so many different ways to learn so many different avenues and venues. So I think for us as coaches, trying to foster that environment where players are comfortable to share and express, and hopefully that's been done already. And then in addition to that, uh, trying to look, listen, and learn. And, and I do want to say too, it's a luxury to be quite honest for someone who look, you know, people who look like you and me to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've talked to some of my, my black friends and they don't have, you know, the luxury or the privilege of being able to listen and learn. This is lived from, from the moment that they're born. And so, you know, trying to be really empathetic uh, and trying to be supportive in whatever we're doing as coaches, I think is critical. It, it, there, there's been a social media post kind of going around that says this, so I might be uh, messing up the exact wording, but I, I understand that I don't understand, but still I stand with you. Uh, I think that's powerful. And I think that pretty much captures how I feel of, I'll never understand you know, what it's like to be black in the United States, but I want to learn more. I want to figure out ways that I can be helpful. And hopefully I, I can be supportive and, and empathetic and at least be a great friend uh, to mm-hmm. those who are. The things that you've touched on, I know, have come from something that you've put a lot of thought into, and I would like to make that available to people if they're interested in it. But you kind of want to talk about that document that you created and kind of it's going right along with this leadership culture and and some of the major points that maybe even that you had in there. Well, you know, the thought honestly behind it was, and, and I think we're all going through this right now with everything going on in our country. I mean, you and I know we had scheduled to do this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it just didn't feel appropriate, uh, given everything that was going on. And you know, basketball right now, honestly, just seems so trivial, uh, given the, the bigger social issues uh, and health issues that we're facing. Uh, but in saying that, throughout this entire coronavirus period, at least for me, you know, it's just made me reflect a lot more on a lot of things. Uh, obviously, I mentioned the gratitude message before. That was uh, what Coach Amaker kind of gave our team when they left campus was, you know, I know we're really upset that we're not going to be able to finish out our season in the school year and our seniors are not going to have a, you know, kind of a normal uh, ending to their time at Harvard, which, which is hard, but at the same time, trying to keep an attitude of gratitude, you, you know, you have your health, you know, you have family, you know, all those things. Uh, but in saying that, you know, I just started thinking about kind of what I've learned uh, because I've been really lucky to be around two of the best in Coach K and Coach Amaker and, and, and even the assistant coaches on those staffs are terrific. I mean, the two uh, assistant coaches I work with now, Brian Eskelton and Donnie Guaranoni are outstanding. Our director of ops, Casey Brin, uh, our video coordinator, Mike Wines. I mean, these are just great people. At Duke, the the staff when I started there was Coach K, Wojo, Coach Collins, and Jeff Capel. So you got four high major head coaches who are all outstanding. So um, I've just been really lucky to learn from a lot of people. And so I wanted to, like you said, actually put it down on paper. And so I just kind of arbitrarily being 27 years old, little tongue in cheek, uh, picked kind of 27 values, principles, things that I've learned. And uh, yeah, tried to put it down. And uh, in doing so was really good for me for reflection, thought, and uh, happy to share. You know, I think it's more big picture stuff. You won't find any sets in there. You won't find any call out, hold in on back screens or anything like that. It's just kind of how I've grown to think about uh, leadership, culture, team building, and, and, you know, basketball maybe, but in a a little bit of a broader sense. Um, So that's the kind of the short version of it, but yeah, I'll be happy to share. You know, you've said the opportunities that you have had and others, you know, they're not going to 
be able to work on the Duke staff and then work at Harvard, but you have taken advantage of the opportunities that you've had. And so maybe a piece of advice for that younger coach or that younger, even, you know, player, the coach is listening right now, but has a player who's interested in taking the path that you are, you know, not playing college basketball. What would you say to that younger person who's wanting to become the next Mike Sotsky? Like who, what, what should they do now? (laughs) Not doing that. (laughs) Set your goals higher. Is that what you're saying for that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a good question. And, you know, one of the things I'm always happy to talk to people. And so if you have relationships in your life or, People who want, you know, the one-on-one, uh, I'm always happy to do that uh, because, you know, I've been fortunate because I've had people help me. Uh, so I think that's part of paying it forward and giving back. You know, in general, I, I would say this, there really is just no substitute for working hard. Uh, mm-hmm. and it does require commitment and sacrifice and, and trying to do your habits match your goals is a question we ask our players a lot too of, I want to be in the NBA, but I don't want to put in any additional work outside of practice. Mm-hmm you're probably not going to make it to the NBA. Uh, And so that's just real. Uh, That's being realistic. And so I think that hard work is really important. And then I think it's, again, it's cliche. I've given a lot of cliches. They're cliches for a reason. It's not always what you know, it's who you know. Uh, I think the importance of relationships and being with a program, like for me, I've been lucky. I, I believe in the two places I've been at. You know, we have great kids, great schools, culture, you know, the rights, you know, value system. So uh, trying to find a place like that and then just to be a sponge and, and to learn it all and and then to kind of keep those relationships alive. Uh, and I always do give this quote too, because I think it's really true and it definitely is true of me. We can try to get into predicting or figuring out, I'm going to, I want to be here by this point in my career or whatever that is. And I always say, outline your career in pencil, not pen. Because it's going to change, you know, it's never going to play out exactly like you expect that it will. All you can do is control the things you can control uh, and, and do your best. Yeah, that's great. You know, I would just echo that. I mean, even this discussion right here makes me think back to the fact that I grew up a kid in North Carolina. I was a Duke fan. I went to games. I went to those coaching clinics. I don't even know if they were still doing that, maybe still doing those when you were there. But I ended up getting connected to Pat Pat Thompson, yeah. who is the ops guy and talked to him. And, you know, we were both ops guys, I think like in our first years and just sent him a contact. Somehow he connected me to Chris Spatola. Right. I started working the Duke camps. I go to lunch one day and this young guy who works for the staff by the name of Mike Sotsky, like sits down with me at lunch and talks to me. And long story short, we're talking together on the podcast here. Like, it's just about like getting to know people. And I appreciate you and thank you for just sitting down with me at lunch like that, that that meant a whole lot to me. And I know probably to you, it wasn't a big deal. But that's there. I'm saying that there are plenty of people like yourself, who are just good guys who are in positions maybe that a lot of us coaches, younger coaches or high school coaches or small college coaches, like they look up to, or they, you know, man, that guy, he's in a, and they're, they're like, man, I could never talk to them or they would never spend time with me. But, you know, there are plenty of guys who are willing to do that and to willing to share. And so I say all that to say, thank you for coming on the show today. It was great. And, and I appreciate having you on here. Well, first of all, I know we're probably running close on time, but it's quite uh, all right. Thank you. Uh, And, you know, just to that point, like I've been really lucky and it kind of speaks to a broader conversation that we're having right now in our country where 
there's a lot of people who are just as talented as me, uh, more talented than me, who maybe aren't given the same opportunity and who aren't given, you know, the same shake. Uh, and I'm speaking, you know, to be very specific about, you know, based on their race and the color of their skin, mm -hmm. uh, but that can apply in a lot of different areas. And so I'm saying all that to say that there are great coaches at all levels. Uh, and so you can learn from every conversation that you're in, not just about coaching, obviously, but specifically about coaching, given, you know, kind of the context of this podcast. And so when I sat down with you, it was not, I mean, sure, I, I like being a nice guy, but I want to learn. Yeah. You know, I wanted to learn from you and from your life experiences and what you had to offer and what you had to share, you know, based on where you've been. And, and I still feel the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, like I'm thrilled to have done this today. And obviously we've had a great friendship for I'm, I'm hesitant to actually throw out the longer than we want to admit, probably. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I've learned a lot from you uh, over the years. And so I think that's important, too, is just to recognize, like, it's not like, well, he's uh, at this level. So he is better. That's not the case at all. There are great coaches at all levels. That's one of the things I love about recruiting is going out and having the opportunity to meet with high school coaches uh, at, at different places, because I learn a lot on those trips, you know, not only where I'm uh, talking to the kids and, and presenting this opportunity potentially, uh, but also just from observing practices and values and uh, whether it's a teaching point in shell drill or it's, you know, uh, something more fundamental to their program. I, I love learning. So that, that goes back to being the sponge a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure and I, I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, being on and uh, good luck with everything as, as you're navigating this period with your, you, your family, your team. And, uh, ho hopeful we're, we're back to work uh, in, in the normal sense. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.